Hello again, my beloved friends. It's Ardeth Blumenthal. Boy, things are really heating up around here. I'm really praying that you and me and all of us will continue to trust that God um, is going to take care of us and we won't be filled with the fear that we've just seen everywhere gripping so many people. I'm here in my house overlooking New York City and last night another 7,000 plus cases of coronavirus were reported with some many hundreds of deaths. Some hospitals are on overflow and waves of fear. That's how I feel, it's just like waves of fear and fear of sickness, fear of shortages, fear of losing um, every material thing that people have, unemployment, all that stuff that's going on just is gripping so many people. So what can we do? And um, how do we help as people of God? And what can, how can we relieve the suffering of others? Because after all, at least for me here, uh, we're in the high-risk age group, and we are literally locked down in our own house. So as we previously talked about Psalm 91 and praying those things over ourselves and, and trusting in God, and um, and then how to help others with spiritual steps and how to protect ourselves against the virus. The Lord spoke to me about talking about the things that you can, the actions that you can take to protect your family and your loved ones spiritually. So it so happens that a friend of mine, a pastor named David Salazar, uh, sent me a set of guidelines that just matched what I was thinking, and I'm going to share with you from those guidelines uh, the things that the Lord has laid on my heart, the things that are in our toolkit to do for our family, our loved ones, our neighbors, whatever. So I'm going to read a portion directly as he sent it to me, and then uh, throughout I'll be adding my own comments as well. So he says, I want to share that the Lord has urged me to ask you to be alert and vigilant. This virus has been a trick of Satan who is telling us that it comes from animals, but it was actually created by wicked men who used it to destroy lives. There is no doubt that the spirit of death will touch many in the weeks to come. But remember, the Father cares for his chosen ones. So this is what I want you to do. Step one, anoint your home and your body. So I'm going to give you some practical advice about how to do this as we follow his outline for this. So he says, use oil and pray in faith that God will use your act of anointing um, and activate your faith so that it will cover your home and your family. Now, some people may not have anointing oil, and because of all the delivery complications right now, be unable to get it. And if you don't have it, what I would recommend is that you take a clean vessel and put a an amount of olive oil into that vessel, and then that you pray over it, and you ask the Lord to sanctify it um, and set it apart so that you can use it for anointing oil. And then you are to anoint 
the frame of your doors and your windows. So the reason for doing this is to keep the enemy at bay. And this is what I did. I have 50 plus windows in my house. And I went to each window frame and each outside door. Uh, and I said this. I, I anoint this window or this door in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I applied the oil at that time. And then I said, I seal it against the coronavirus, against the angel of death, and against all enemy attacks. The angel of death and the coronavirus will pass over this household, leaving all dwelling within untouched. And then I said the same prayer when I anointed each member of the family, which is the next thing that you're supposed to do. Anoint each member of your family, again, using the oil and saying, I anoint this person um, with, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I seal him or her against the coronavirus, the angel of death, and all enemy attacks. The angel of death and the coronavirus will pass over this household, leaving all dwelling within untouched. And then I also went outside my house um, at the doors leading to the outside, and I put the oil on the doorpost symbolic of the blood of Passover. And I think it's really interesting that we're in the Passover season right now and that this is what the Lord is calling on us to do. So that's step one. Step two is make a barn. Yep, a barn. The A-R-N. Um, this is actually a scriptural thing. Um, it's taken originally from Deuteronomy 28.8, where it says the Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barn. And um, some of the later translations say in your storehouses. And in all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And there's a further scripture um, in Psalm 144, verse 12 through 15. It says, Let our sons in their youth be like plants full grown, and our daughters like corner pillars fashioned for a palace. Let our barns be full, supplying every kind of produce, and our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss, and let there be an outcry in our streets. Let there be no outcry in our streets. How blessed and favored are the people in such circumstance. How blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored are the people whose God is the Lord. So I think that's pretty amazing. So what I did with my barn, because obviously I'm living in a city that isn't going to let me build a barn. So I took a basket and I filled the basket with a harvest. So I took some of the things out of my pantry and out of my uh, cupboards and I filled the basket with a small reserve of food and set it aside, and every day was to pray over our barns and declare the blessing over it. Again, the blessing is from Deuteronomy 28.8. It says, the Lord will command a blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you undertake, and he will bless you 
in your, the land which the Lord your God gives you. Also, um, David has reported to us, and I've seen many of these postings myself, that there have been many miracles regarding multiplication from this um, act of setting aside a barn, a harvest, that supplies have been replaced and they've multiplied and all kinds of things. So a barn is step two. So step three, make a family altar. God makes a home for the lonely and he sends the prisoners into prosperity and only stubborn and rebellious dwell in a parched land. So this and other translations says God makes a home, God puts the lonely in families. So create a family altar and every day gather your family, pray together, read the scripture, sing a song, sit, take time, listen to what the voice of the Lord sounds like, practice hearing him, um, because he's going to dwell in your midst if you do this, and you will hear from him, and you will be filled um, with the joy of the Lord, even in this time. And I believe that one of the things that God is going to accomplish through um, this trial that we're going through is he's going to call us back to our family unit and fulfill the prophecy that says that in that day I'll turn the hearts of the sons toward the father and the hearts of the fathers toward the sons. So guideline four is make the Lord's Supper. Now, David translated this from Spanish into English through an app and I love this particular translation, Make the Lord's Supper. So we know that um, this is something that most of us don't do in our own homes. Most of us wait until we're with a body of believers and then we share the Lord's Supper together. But pick a night or do this every night or every morning. But um, even if you're all by yourself, um, then take communion. 1 Corinthians 11.24 is our authorization for this. It says, For I received from the Lord himself the instruction which I passed on to you, um, that the Lord on the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice. And then he did the same thing with the wine, which saying that this is the new covenant which was ratified and established in my blood. Do this. And as you drink it, remember me. So we want to proclaim that scripture, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, and take communion. So what David recommends is that just during dinner time that you take bread and wine um, or grape juice, the fruit of the vine, it can be any, and take, take it and share the faith. So it's a part of the meal. It's just a part of the meal. You take communion together and remember what the Lord has done for you and how he forgave your sins and will raise you up with him on the last day. And then David wrote a little prayer, which I quite like, and I'm going to read that little prayer to you. It says, Lord, today we take this act of faith, and this is what they pray after they have partaken of communion. 
recognizing the power of your body and your blood presented in heaven as a sacrifice for our sin, today we submit our family to that sacrifice. May your blood cover and clean us. May your glorious body heal us. We ask you to exchange as we draw near in front of your throne because of this sacrifice all the features of sin DNA and take in exchange the DNA of the glorified Son. We ask that your angels with little coals from your altar touch us in the areas where we must be transformed to your same image. Amen. And step number five is don't forget that you are his representatives on earth. Don't stop sharing the testimony of Yeshua, of Christ, of Jesus. Don't stop sharing that testimony. It's one of the ways we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the power of our testimony, and loving not our lives into the death. So don't stop sharing the testimony. And remember that we can be positive. We can say, we can give hope. We are light bearers and light carriers. So let's use our word of faith to change the world and not say the things that the world is saying, but rather say the things that our Father in Heaven is saying. The other thing I want to remind you is that we can't look to the world or to government to pray us out of the crisis that we're in. The Bible clearly states that it's our responsibility because we're called by His name and we're the ones who He hears when we humble ourselves to pray and seek Him. And we're the ones who have to turn from wickedness and then he will hear us and heal our land so what happens next in this is up to us because it's us who God promises to hear so strengthen yourself in the Lord be steadfast fearless show yourself strong and very courageous and then follow the steps that we talked about today anoint your house and your family construct a barn Build a family altar, learn to pray and wait upon the Lord, take the Lord's Supper, communion, share your testimony with anybody who will listen, and remember the promise of God from Isaiah 43, 2 and 3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So be blessed, be strong in the power of his might, and we'll talk soon.